Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Meerkat Musings podcast. Welcome back to another edition of my football manager story. I've got to confess here, I'm not sure where I left off last time with the podcasts for this. So I'm going to launch into... Well, if you look at the website, it's part nine. Uh, As I say, I don't know if that's kind of relevant to the last podcast. I think I've skipped ahead a little bit. But if you look at the website, you'll see exactly where I'm at. And you will get a sneak preview of part 11 here as well. Aren't you lucky? So at some point, I'd ended up with back-to-back promotions. And my diminutive Aldershot team, because let's face it, they're not exactly the biggest club in the world, had found themselves in League One. And we began our League One adventure in the uh, 22-23 season, uh, as it were. And the campaign started, well, the first third of the season when I felt Bearing in mind that the objective here was to bravely fight off relegation, the the first part of the season went reasonably well. We were 13th in the league after 15 games. We had five wins, five draws and five defeats. 20 points from that. And if we averaged that over every sort of third of the season, then we would have or should have enough points to survive. The magic number, the theory being the magic number in League One was about 50 points, and we would have slightly more than that, hopefully. However, going into the second third of the season, we were on the back of two consecutive defeats. Not particularly satisfying, form was a bit patchy, and our away form at this point was actually better than our home form. Which is unusual in football, but it does happen. You see it happen even in top flight football, where for whatever reason, a team's home form will be worse. It's very unusual, but it does happen. This season in the Premier League, in the real football season, lots of teams are doing better away from home, possibly because there are no fans at stadiums to, to influence things. So, the next third of the season began with, well... Uh, It began with defeat against Bolton Wanderers. They also had been promoted the season before, but they were adapting to League One football better than I was. They're a much bigger club, former Premier League club. Hardly a surprise they were doing better than me. And so I had to make do with a defeat there. And that was actually five games without a win at that point, at which point we ended up hosting Ipswich Town, another former Premier League team, and it was another defeat, unfortunately. It ended up being a wonder goal that actually beat us in that game. Apart from that, we were quite good. We had 10 shots to 11, but we couldn't actually hit the target. And if you don't hit the target in football, you will lose. We then ended up crushing out of the FA Cup uh, against Lisbon Orient with a terrible performance, quite frankly. We, we travelled to them and lost 4-1. Uh, we didn't perform very well. I'd altered the tactics for this match. Perhaps I shouldn't have done. From there, we ended up drawing against Gillingham. 
I've gone back to my original tactics there. Quite a defensive frame of mind at that point. The idea being to get players behind the ball, try and keep the ball, not be too adventurous, perhaps pounce on the counter-attack from time to time. 2-2 draw against Drillingham away from home was nice, but we were winning 2-0 at one point. And if there's one thing I hate, it's letting go of leads. But for whatever reason, we slipped away there. We did, however, then come back to beat Warsaw at home. A 2-1 win, again, with our defensive tactics the fans have been moaning about. Well, sorry fans, but if they worked, they worked. We then lost Accrington and the season was basically a bit up and down from that point forward. Uh, I ended up travelling away to MK Dons and ended up going behind against the team at the bottom of the table, but came back to win, which was a vital three points. And then we won at home. We actually beat Coventry City, another former Premier League team, 1-0 in a, well, a rather tame match really, but it was a victory. And although we were 13th from the table, by this point we were only four points off a playoff place. Not expected at all. The aim was to avoid relegation. That was the primary objective. And we were 12 points clear of the relegation zone. So, in theory, that looked quite healthy, didn't it? Now, at this point, things began to go a little bit up and down. We hosted Charlton and Drew in our very next game, and that marked half a point of the season. We were 14th after 23 games. We were closer to the playoff places than we were to the drop. And next up, we'd be hosting Portsmouth, who we'd actually had a great result at on the opening day of the season. We'd gone to Portsmouth and won 4-2. Not expected. Brilliant result. And now we're hosting them to mark the second phase of the season. In the meantime, another team beginning with P, Plymouth, actually decided they wanted to talk to me about being a manager. They were looking to replace their existing manager. They were nervous about me because I was relatively inexperienced. However, I declined to even talk to them. I wasn't interested in them. They were uh, kind of fighting for promotion from League Two. And uh, I don't know why, I just wasn't interested. Yes, they were a bigger club, but they weren't for me. I was enjoying myself at shot. I wanted to see what I could do with this team. So it was onwards and upwards uh, to a number of matches where things just, as I say, kept going a little bit up and down, really. Results were inconsistent. Uh, defeat against Portsmouth. And then uh, from that point on, I had to make some changes. Transfer window opened and I knew that a few things had to change. So I looked to put in some loan signings uh, in a bid to try and boost my team. 21-year-old uh, striker, also able to play in midfield, Paul Glatzel of Liverpool. I have no idea if he's a real player or not. The game does generate players I brought him on on loan, and then I brought on Sean Atkinson from Manchester City. And then I also got from Preston, Callum Jones uh, as well for the centre of the midfield. They arrived, and I'd like to think they began to help the team. These are players that had been training at a premiership club, so they offered a certain measure of premiership quality. Well, OK, it's a little bit, shall I say, dubious, I guess. But I liked to feel that there was an element of that, and that they could help boost the team. We kind of, I guess you could say, things began to look up even before they'd arrived. We had a game against Forest Green at home. This was the kind of game that I love 
I absolutely hate seeing my team lose matches from a winning position. On this occasion, after being 2-0 down at half-time, uh, sorry, 2-0 down after an hour, after half an hour, my God, it was only half an hour, we actually managed to be level by the break and we took the lead. And we should have dominated the game more than we did, but we took a victory, which was absolutely massive for us, and a rare home win as well. Then we ended up losing against Wigan, who actually had no manager at the time. However, New Year's Eve did bring me a new present, a gift from the board, a new contract from the new board. I don't know if I mentioned that before in my previous podcast, but the club had been taken over by new owners who'd invested some money in the training facilities, and now they offered me a new contract, a big boost to my wages, which is always quite nice, in order to keep me around. The new deal would run till the end of June 2025. Of course, football is performance related, so if I was suddenly doing really, really badly, they could in theory just sack me, albeit there'd be a severance package involved, I'm sure. Certainly that's what I would hope for. Meanwhile, one of my players, a young defender by the name of Shea Charles, was actually performing well enough to earn himself international call-ups for Northern Ireland. So, believe it or not, I actually had an international in my lineup, and he was turning into a very good player. And the name that I want you to remember, uh, Shea Charles, he was certainly proving to be a very good central defender for me, uh, able to play on the right wing as well uh, of defence from time to time. So we ended up drawing next against Colchester, who were struggling somewhat, and I saw them as a potential relegation rival, and I, I, I thought I could use them a little bit to kind of push away from the relegation zone, kind of treading on them to push myself up. Not very nice, but it's football, it's ruthless. The draw wasn't great. We were six points clear of relegation, but the teams below us had games in hand. So, you know, this could be potentially a risk. If those teams below us were to start winning, they could swiftly close that gap and we'd be in trouble. We drew against Fleetwood, another team that was struggling. However, at least we drew with them rather than lose. Meanwhile, I was asking the board for more money to improve our youth team. However, they weren't prepared to do that. They wanted me to sign first-team players rather than development. So, well, there's no winning with the board in these circumstances. You press the case too hard and they might think you're a troublemaker and say, bye-bye. And that's the end of your career there. Up next began a sequence of fixture cancellations. You might recall this from one of my earlier episodes where one of my matches kept being cancelled. And this began to happen again. Uh, Shrewsbury. My team was meant to be travelling to Shrewsbury. They were really, really struggling. I think they were like sort of bottom or virtually bottom of the league. And the bad weather of the time, this being around about sort of New Year's, saw that match cancelled. So instead, we ended up travelling to Crewe instead. And this was a great 1-0 win. Uh, Glatzel scoring. And one of my strikers that had been out injured for a while, Fondop, was back in action following a long-term layoff, a chance for him to be eased back into the game. This marked the 30-game mark, and the aim was to have 40 points. We had 39 points, so we were more or less on target to survive if we could continue that sequence going forward. The question, of course, is would we? Well, as we began the final third of the season... We were hosting Oxford, and we ended up with our, one of our best performances of the season. We welcomed Mac Fondop to the starting lineup. He has a good partnership with Reed at this point, 
and it was our best performance by far. Reader a hat trick, a wonderful 30 yard strike from, from Edsa as well, and a clean sheet. And we had back to back victories. Our game against Shrewsbury was cancelled again. However, Edsa did win the January Gold Month Award, which was always quite nice. Next, I would be playing Bristol Rovers. And interesting enough, I observed at this point that Bristol City, their local rivals, were in the Premier League. Now, this is interesting to a degree because Football Manager, whatever version of Football Manager I seem to play, they seem to have a fondness for Bristol City. In Football Manager 2012, Bristol City, often regardless of the, uh, of the save game I have on the go, will end up at some point in the Premier League. And they'll end up at some point actually pushing for European football, which is amazing considering the size of the team. And this is something which keeps happening. But not to Bristol Rovers, only to Bristol City. I don't know why. I don't know if there's a hidden bias there somewhere from the people that make football manager for Bristol City, but it seems to do quite well. Bristol City, by this point in my football manager career, were in the Premier League. Meanwhile, I'm playing Bristol Rovers. They were travelling to Aldershot at the same time that Bristol City were travelling to Leeds United for a Premier League clash. However, I would lose 1-0, and that's all I'm saying about that. Finally, we would play Shrewsbury, and at this point I wanted to mention, as I did online, that their manager on the game uh, was a woman, which is unusual in football, and it's nice to actually see football manager acknowledging that, uh, that female managers exist. So, kudos to them for that. We won 3-2. It was nice to see Reed score, of course, as it always was. Um, Lone signing Jones also scored. We were twice pegged back by Shrewsbury. They battled very, very hard to try and survive. However, we took a very important win. And then we beat Sheffield Wednesday 2-1 at home. And all of a sudden, we were up to 10th in the table. Next, we travelled to Sunderland. And I was disappointed here because we actually gave a really good account of ourselves. Uh, we were a goal down at half-time, but we were dominating the game. But we just fell away in the second half. We created chances, didn't take them, and lost 4-0. We then end up drawing 3 all with, against Doncaster, despite leading 3-1 at one point. Which was annoying, because I hate it when we give away wins, uh, give away leads. We then beat Lincoln. And this was where one of my players was beginning to make a name for himself. Silco Thomas, remember that name, often playing on the left or right wing. Very, very good on the ball. His ability to run with the ball is fantastic. And his ability to find space to run into when off the ball was also important as well. His, his movement, his awareness and his passing was all very, very sweet. To cap it off, he was starting to finish off games as well with some great goals. So, we're actually, with nine games to go, amazingly five points off the playoff places and we were 12 points clear of relegation once again. However... We then lost to Wickham at home. We then had to host Bolton, who were pushing very hard for promotion, and then travelled to Ipswich. We lost to Bolton. We then lost to Ipswich. And I was very, very, very annoyed at this point. That was three games on the bounce that we lost, but then we beat Walsall 3-1, away from home again. Glatzel, my loan signing, scoring. And it left us in this weird situation. Five games to go. And we could, in theory, still gain a playoff place and still be relegated. Only in sort of lower league football can you have this weird set of circumstances with a handful of matches to go. 
We then crashed to a 3-0 defeat at home against Gillingham, and for this I punished the team with an extra day of training. It was not an acceptable performance at all. We then beat Edmonton, three points, which took us to safety, with three games to go, and we were staying up. Three games to spare, we had survived in League One for another year, which was the objective, and it was very, very nice to achieve it. Immediately, my thoughts turned to next season. It might have been a bit premature to start doing that with three games to go, but you can't rest on your laurels in football. We couldn't spend too much time patting ourselves on the back. We had to consider what was going to happen next, and we did. I was already looking around to expand the team's number of coaches and scouts to give us more resources to find players and develop players for the future. But there were still matches to play. We hosted Coventry. No, sorry, we travelled to Coventry. They were fifth, right in the mix for both a playoff place and automatic promotion. We got a draw, which I was very pleased with. We then lost to Charlton, uh, disappointed. Disappointing 2-0 defeat there. And then we hosted bottom club MK Doms in the final game of the season. They were already relegated. Bottom, done for, and they beat us 2-0. Because of course they did. But we had survived. The primary objective of all of this was survival. Staying in League One for another season. But it wasn't enough at this point, in my view, just to survive... The next step had to be to improve upon the previous season. That's always the thing, if you ask me. Always try to do a bit better than you had done the season before. My players, however, as a squad, when we chatted about the season and we held an end-of-season meeting, weren't particularly impressed by the notion that we should be even avoiding relegation. They seemed to think that we'd be doomed. I can't say I was particularly pleased at this. And it was my cue to begin making some sweeping changes. However, first up was a, a tweak to the existing formation, some alterations to it in some respects, some under-the-hood changes, you might say, and a more attacking philosophy to, to work on. Things, I think, did have to change in some ways. I was beginning to suspect that we were being sussed out a little bit and we were being quite negative on the pitch. After all, we couldn't beat already relegated MK Dons, who were bottom of the table. We couldn't even beat them at home. We were quite comfortably beaten. And that kind of performance said to me that clearly, clearly, we had to introduce some fresh blood. And we had to make some tactical changes. So moving on to the new season, the 23-24 season, it was time for fresh faces, but also some tweaks to how we would play. Perhaps we could take some people off guard with a new, more robust attacking approach. And there'll be more on that next time around, but I will say that the start to the season has been far better than I could have imagined. The team has played very, very well, leaving aside one or two blips which is inevitable given the size of the team. And I'm quite curious to see where this will take us. I'm not expecting miracles, I'm not expecting promotion. But if we can finish higher at the table than we did before, then that is straight away a very, very good result. <laughs>